0: Cece and Dulce, your wicked huercas. I'm doing well, but Dulce is falling apart. Dulce, finals week for you. You don't look okay. Because I'm not at all.
1: I'm so tired. My brain is dead. I wish school would have ended at
0: least two months ago. I think that was a natural conclusion for me. And apparently it's not. A natural conclusion. I'm going to start using that. <laughs> that should be like a, a breakup, like a breakup greeting it's not a breakup. It's just a natural conclusion for me. You know how um, Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin, they, w- they didn't say divorce. They say uncoupling. Uh, conscious uncoupling. Yeah, I'm having a conscious uncoupling school. So we can do little greeting cards. People can hand out when they're done, when they quit their job. It's just a natural conclusion. That makes it sound so nice Then I gave up two months ago, which is what you're really saying.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I did give up two months ago.
0: Not doing great. So yeah, what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive and... Even better with the new virus strain. It's just a great time. You know, in 10 years, if we ever went back and heard our episodes, we would just sound like we were not having a good time anytime.
1: (laughs) Correct. That is the correct statement. We haven't been having a good time. I was talking to my friend yesterday and I was like, we've been in a pandemic for a long time now. And just the effects of the pandemic and everything just kind of hit
0: me. It's been two years. I think at the end of 2022, If it's still going, it would technically be three years because I think they started detecting it in Asia, maybe like December of 2019. Yeah, I totally get it. You're almost there, but it, it sucks. Finals week sucks. Is there anything that you do during finals time that helps you get through it? Like me, honestly, I just ate a bunch of junk food, like any comfort food that helped me. I'm just like, whatever, I don't care. And I studied with friends. Every Sunday, a new episode of Succession comes out. That's what gets me through. I'm like,
1: well, at least I have something to look forward to.
0: And for those who don't know, The Succession is about the Murdoch family, correct? It's loose, very loosely based off of them. And it's very interesting. I listen to a podcast, Even the Rich, and they talk about famous and rich people and their lives. And they have a pretty uh, extensive podcast list about that family. And it's really interesting. They also have a podcast episodes about the Gucci family. And I actually watched it yesterday. And I just wanted to reaffirm to you that I get the attractiveness of Adam Driver. The way he's dressed in that movie and the way he carries himself, I get it. I think like 90% of it is the
1: way he carries himself. He's just very confident and he like, he knows where he's going. If he's walking somewhere, he's walking with a purpose. He's not being the kind of like, ooh, did I turn down the right street? Oh, should I check the map? No, he knows where he's going. He's memorized the map. He's good to go.
0: And that's it. That's half of looking well is or, or looking good is having confidence because again, his face is not that cute, but because he's so confident and because he just seems Seems like a genuinely nice person. That's what makes him attractive. So I get it. I think he might be. Has he gotten people's? What is it? People's sexiest men alive? They pick the most random people. I don't get it. And half of the people they pick, I'm like, really? Like Blake Shelton? Are you kidding me? Okay. Yeah. Obviously. That was, you know, not their finest moment. But Paul Rudd this year? I agree. Paul Rudd is beautiful. Before I went to go watch the movie, I started kind of doing some research about it. Um, and I was seeing some interviews with Lady Gaga. And Lady Gaga was talking about Patricia, which is the essentially kind of what the movie is about, which is one of the Gucci son's wives. And I won't give any spoilers, but she was talking about how she didn't like it when people called women... Gold diggers, because if a man marries someone who has money, they're not called gold diggers. But I think it was so interesting to look at it that way. And it really connects with what we're talking about today. We're talking about gender norms and gender expectations, especially growing up in a Mexican household, which I know, even if you're not Mexican, you may be able to identify. What is what do you say growing up one of the biggest kind of gender expectations or expectations that you were giving because you were a
1: girl. Learning to cook or being able to feed yourself, I think, is one. Oh, wearing makeup. Wearing makeup and looking girly, specifically. If I didn't wear makeup, mom would say I have um, cara de pan crudo, which is literally face of raw bread. When did you start wearing makeup? In fourth grade, I w- wore mascara. And mom didn't say anything about it. She was like, okay, I'm guess I'm accepting this. In sixth grade, Ali and mom banded together, in which they probably don't even remember this now. And I was going to like a middle school dance and they're like, you cannot go. You're in sixth grade now. You should be wearing makeup. So that's when it happened. And I was like, well, I guess I got to wear this now. I like the process of it. I like just sitting down and turning my brain off and I'm like, huh. I'm just doing an activity. It's like when I'm like coloring or something. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just doing something. But then
0: after a while, I'm like, okay, my face starts feeling a little gross. Yep, the same. And then in sixth grade, I started going crazy with the makeup. I would have, if I had a blue shirt, I had blue eyeshadow. If I had a pink, hot pink shirt, I had hot pink eyeshadow. And I was doing full face of makeup at 7 a.m. And I don't like wearing makeup that often anymore. I hate the way it feels, especially now with wearing masks. I don't wear makeup to work. I'm wearing a mask that's covering half my face. But it's so interesting how we aren't allowed to wear makeup till you're like, 18 or out of the house, or the opposite, you're like, you need to start wearing a little something,
1: but it's also like based off of your skin type. Because if you have like naturally oily skin and you wear like oily products, it's gonna feel worse. But I feel like there's people whose skin type is like better to wear makeup, like it just naturally is, it like stays on and it's not, it doesn't slide around and feel gross to them.
0: Secondly, uh, about your point of making food, it's so interesting, you know, you get this in every household. I remember grandma teaching me how to make like a scrambled egg when I was in like fourth grade. And she's like, come here, make an egg. So she showed me. And then I'm like, I made an egg. I'm going to eat it. And then she gets my uncle and she's like, Cecilia made an egg for you. Look at that. Look, she made her first. She made eggs for you. And I was like, A, you volunteered me to learn how to make an egg. And B, since I made it, I was going to eat it. You're telling me that now I have to give it to my uncle? When did you learn how to make your first
1: food? I feel like I just at one point was just in the kitchen and it just happened. Like I was just there and I was like, oh, I guess I, I can start making food now. I still don't know how to. Actually, never mind.
0: That's the point I still don't know how to cook (laughs) and to be honest nothing is worse than having to know than having to cook every night for yourself it's just like so annoying I'm like this is my whole life and this may be we might just have to title this episode to all the men what makes you attractive and it's definitely knowing how to take care and cook for yourself I cannot believe that girls or women are made to learn how to cook all these things but you know, if we had a brother, I'm already mad at the brother I don't have. He wouldn't be able to cook. He would have never been pushed to cook. I agree with that. And you know, you know,
1: another expectation that um I thought of, or not expectation, but like a norm or something? Interest. Your interests were so like segregated. Like when I used to like sports, LOL, or like watching sports, they were like, you're such a little boy. Or Dulce, again, Dulce doesn't want to wear makeup. She's such a little boy. Dulce didn't want to wear skirts in middle school. She's such a little boy. It was always about me being a little boy.
0: Do people still use the word tomboy? Because I remember growing up with it and I haven't heard that in years because like just because you're a girl and like sports or whatever, what do you mean you're a tomboy? you just like a girl who likes sports.
1: Yeah, I don't hear that phrase that much anymore because I feel like it, it, there was almost a negative connotation with using it. It's like, no, you're just allowed to enjoy activities. Don't feel like you had to... Say that it's like something that's traditionally masculine. I don't know. When I was like in elementary school, it was definitely thrown around because there was just like very naturally just girly kids. And then there was just people who just weren't as girly as them. And it was just automatic. Oh, you're a tomboy.
0: It's so ingrained in their brain of the traditional views of I'm not going to do that. That's a girl's thing. Or, I'm not gonna do that. That's not for boys. You know, I think it's bad in the culture itself, but especially in the Latin culture and in the Mexican culture, it is bad. Like, it's just annoyingly bad. I have no issue calling it out, but I'm just like, how are we still here? How are we still, like, telling kids or telling boys that things are too girly for them? Because they're not living in the world that our uncles or our parents lived in they're living in a world that's a little more accepting so okay another expectation we've talked about quinceaneras and all of that but i think another expectation is actually more in terms of uh not as children but our age once you get to over 15 over 17 you start having expectations of what you're supposed to do you know living in the in the u.s as first generation a lot of families you're either supposed to like get married right away you're gonna live in the house until you're married and then you're going to have children and then you're going to cater to your husband. If you go to college, that's great. But you're still going to cater to your husband. Or there's, you know, our parents were a little more like, no, I'm, I'm just glad you're even going to college, like leave. But just I've still talked to people our age where their parents didn't want them to go to college as as girls like the boys got to go but the girl was not allowed they're like no you can't go to college because you're not moving out of out of the house isn't that crazy like parents are hindering girls from going to college that's insane to me i was
1: the the 15 year old reading malala's book about uh (laughs) girls
0: having access to equal education so when i went back to mexico this summer all our cousins didn't leave the house until they got married because none of them, almost none of them went to college. So it's not like they're moving away for a career because opportunities aren't there. And it's not like they're moving away to college because that opportunity wasn't there. So they literally aren't moving out from the house until they are getting married and moving into another house. I get that why that tradition was there because it's literally what was logical because that's the only option. But then you have that expectation of at a certain age, you should have been married. I think we're lucky that we don't get that as bad as I think some families or some people our age get it.
1: In my mind, I'm like, yes, these people are the worst. These people, aka being mom, dad, actually not dad, mom, grandma, being like, you should have a boyfriend by now, don't you think? Or like, you you know, do you have something to tell us? And I'd be like, no, (laughs) that's just not it. But thanks. (laughs) Thanks for the suggestion. (laughs) But I'm sure people have it worse with actual parents who like berate them and stuff. And
0: yeah, and it's really hard, I think, to like stand up for yourself. It wasn't for us because we don't give two craps. But I think for other people, it's really hard to stand up. to their parents and be like that's not how it's gonna work out here and it's especially hard for the first one to do it especially if the first one is a girl because that's the one who's paving the path for a guy their expectations are different their expectations are if you get married don't get married oh well like your career you go to college or don't go to college like you do your own thing but i want to interrupt that they have their own
1: expectations as well that are also very harmful to them So the expectations that you can can't show emotion, the expectations that you have to be the sole breadwinner for your family, the expectations of, you know, of, you know, putting your life aside and just working all the time, like that's, that's very much harmful expectations that you're giving on to sons. And you know why those aspects are criticized is because they're feminine traits. They're not being criticized for their masculine traits. They're being criticized for the feminine traits. And that's the
0: same thing for women, especially the working part. I feel like let's say they have kids and they're the stay home parent and the girl works. It's like, why are you, why, why aren't you working? You're the man or just like, you're supposed to work all the time. Like if you're not working and getting money and providing, then you're being lazy or even just having time to relax or having re- time to just like live life. You're not seen as they're taking care of themselves. They're seen as lazy. So I think another thing we were talking about, um, uh, I think with children, that's another expectation. And I think this one might be an even bigger one because, okay, you're married, you got your college degree or whatever. Then you expect, like at my age, I feel like people don't tell me that they expect me to have children because I they'll know I'll shut it down. And I very clearly give my opinion about why I don't want children or I don't want to have children right now. But if I was in any other family, I would be harassed about why I wouldn't have children. And I thought I would start getting it more after I graduated from a master's because they would think, well, now what's hindering them? But man, the fact of getting, of, of people pushing to have children is insane. But I think slowly they're learning. So I would say, what do you, you're the weird one. You're known as the weird one who doesn't want to get married or doesn't want children. So what's your viewpoint on that?
1: Well, I've made my intentions very clear from the beginning. I think I think there was only at one point in my life where I said I wanted children and I was like three. And then after that, I quickly realized that I did not want children. <laughs> and I literally and the only reason I wanted children, <laughs> I literally remember saying this. I said, I want children because I want to leave them at home. Well, I'm a fashion designer and I get to travel the world and then I could just make them outfits and send them back to them. But I literally said that.
0: You must, have wa- you must have watched a movie or something where they did that.
1: Literally no. Where? What movie? But that was literally my dream. I was like, I just want to be a, what's it called? Not an a, um an aloof parent. Yeah. When I grow up, I want to be an absent mother. Honestly, still kind of a thing. Maybe not an actual child, but maybe something else. Like, uh, like.
0: What does absent mother sound like a good brand name? I don't know. I just think it had a good.
1: I still think it kind of has a good ring to it. Absent mother. gluten Maciel. World traveler. I could I, I have see it. Absent mother is gonna become the new live, laugh, love, where you just kind of see it everywhere. And people just have it like on their like, you know, like on their little totes or like on a shirt that just says I'm an absent mother and it has a little wine glass or something. You know, what's funny is with everybody, I'm super like, oh no, like, you can just steamroll right over me. Like I'm literally just like a big ball of like dough, like destroy me or whatever. But when it comes to anyone in our family, I will not back down from a fight. I will go, like, I will destroy you. My opinions, I will pull out so much research. I'm willing to fight on command. I'm like a little like dog just ready to attack at any time. But if it's like any stranger, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. No, no, it was my fault. I am so
0: in the wrong. I think because of the people, the kind of people that we are, we make what we make our intentions very clear and we're not afraid to say it and we're not afraid to voice our opinion or point out even when our 87-year-old grandma says something that she shouldn't, we'll shut it down. But not everyone is like that, and not every family is okay with that. Children being that outspoken and outspoken with friends where I feel like I'm coaching them and how to stand up to their parents because they're like, I can't like my mom doesn't want me to do this, or my mom don't want me that. I'm like, you're a grown person. Or I have to coach, I've had to coach people to like be like, no, that's enough. Like I, I'm not doing this. I think one of them is maybe with children where people have a hard time putting their foot down, but I have no issue. We are fine with standing up for ourselves, but there are a lot of people out there in our shoes as first generation immigrants with first gen parents, or you might be second generation, with parents who are extremely traditional and you're trying to figure out life and you don't know how to stand up for yourself. We are telling you right now, advice number one, let's go down. Now we got to give advice how to tear down the gender norms and how to tear down the cultural expectations. Advice number one, it's okay to listen to your parents, but don't listen to your parents. Advice
1: number two, do whatever you want. You're going to end up being called a lesbian anyway. You're too girly, you're going to be a lesbian. You're not girly enough, you're already a lesbian. So like, just do whatever you want at this point, because they just, they'll call
0: you a lesbian anyways advice number three if you ever break up with someone if you ever want to leave college if you ever want to leave the house if you ever want to drop out of school if you ever want to leave or quit something that doesn't serve you do it and when someone asks you why you did it you say what Dulce? it was a a natural conclusion yeah but they're not gonna get that just
1: be like no mom no actually this is what you're gonna say Especially if you have religious parents, just
0: be like, it was not in God's plan. (laughs) Bless your soul and heart if your parents are religious and traditional and you're trying to break the mold. We get it. Advice number four, if you're a grown person, if you are out of the house, if you pay your own crap, if you're financially independent, specifically if you are financially independent and your parents aren't giving you money for anything, you do not have to Listen to everything they tell you, like you're 12. You have the ability to make your life decisions, be independent, and yes, it may be hard at the beginning, but you don't have to tell them your every move. You don't have to have their approval for everything because they're not living your life. And to be honest, they're living lives very differently than what they lived when they were younger, especially in their countries. They may never understand the life and opportunities that we're able to, so they can only give advice to one point. I hate to say it.
1: Agreed. Times 10. Well, I, I guess it goes off of what you just said, is you don't owe them anything. You're like, oh no, but they fed me. They gave me uh, clothes. They had a roof over your mouth. Yeah, that's the job of a parent. That's literally the most basic of, of what they're supposed to do. You- you do not, realistically, it sounds horrible, but you don't owe your parents anything. That's That was their one job, to keep you alive.
0: Send tweet. Send tweet, subtweet. But also, I get it. Some people are like, they did so much for me. They moved to another country for me. They gave up so much for me. Yes, that was a choice they made to make you have a better life. You are not their parent. They made their choices. Now it's your time to make your choices. There is a difference between feeling grateful for the life you have and feeling grateful for the sacrifices and the things that parents did for us. But there's a difference between that and feeling guilty for doing anything that doesn't 100% honor what they did for us. And also feeling guilty when there's almost an expectation of I did this for you. And this is what you're going to do for me. Or I did this for you. And this is how you treat me. No, I'm putting that stop right there because then that makes the person not move on with their life and make their own choices you you can't let the fact that your parents sacrificed things for you or that they took care of you stop you from doing what you need to do because at the end of the day we still sacrifice things for ourselves Don't say any last words or any last advice on breaking gender expectations and norms oh my god oh my god I'm literally I this is new business idea Sessie. literally get out
1: your pencil your paper. We start a hotline for people that need to call out their grandmas. I will call out your grandma. Do you know how good I am at calling out my grandma? Like, I'm so good at that. So if you need, call -call 1-800-CALL-OUT-Your-Grandma, and I will answer the phone. Just give me the name of the woman, the
0: subject line and how much time I have. And I will call her out. Wait, if you are having a family issue, specifically as first generation or second generation people, if you're having a family issue and you don't know how to tell your parents or your parents or your grandma or whoever are saying things that you don't like that are damaging, message us. I will say call us like, you know, Delilah, but we're not there yet. Message us. I don't care if you hear this episode within the week or within the next few months or within the year. Message us. And we're going to help you out. We both have a lifetime of standing up for ourselves and not giving a crap. I have my social work skills. I know how to talk nicely in a calm manner. Those that knows how to write amazing letters and make things sound much nicer than what they really are. We've got you. Okay, I'm not going to promise that much because, again,
1: I can't handle everyone's problems. Already struggling as I am. But maybe I'll get back to you in, like, you know, seven to ten business days. Um, maybe after I've had a cup of tea, you know, calmed myself down, dealt with my own things, then I'll help you out. But yeah, sure, go ahead, send us a message. I I don't have a degree yet, but, um, I've heard I'm a pretty good writer for things, so, like, literally, I will write down whatever you need me to write down.
0: Yep. So everyone, thank you so much for listening to the episode. As we said, send us messages, send us comments, make sure to follow us on uh, Instagram, which you can find on our website, Um, or you can send us a personal message, direct message. Honestly, don't even send us a message about that. Literally send us a message. If you
1: think Adam Driver is attractive, send us a message. If you watch House of Gucci, send us a message if you think Paul Rudd is beautiful, because I agree with all the statements above.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it and leave us a review. If you have a
1: story you would like to share regarding today's episode, email your story at menosmal.goodness at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on an episode. To hear more from us, head to our blog at www.menos-mal.com. This episode was written and edited by your hosts Dulce Maciel and Cecilia Maciel Martinez. The theme music for this podcast is by Mario Martinez, this has been a Menosmed Podcast.